Sound of Fire and Soul, a community where leaders gather to unite in sovereignty in today's world. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, a seasoned and heart-centered coach and mentor on a mission to take you on a journey of self-empowerment with weekly guidance and channeled wisdom. Fire and Soul features brave and daring conversations with extraordinary leaders who have awakened from the illusion to help you claim sovereign leadership in life, love, and entrepreneurship. Let's listen, learn, and stand together as models for our new world, starting now. Hey there, welcome back to Fire and Soul. I've been wanting to get back on here and give you a solo. This is going to be like a Dear Diary moment (laughs) on the mic. Because where I left off and the last time that I did a solo is it feels like it's a different lifetime in terms of how I'm, I'm experiencing the world now versus yesterday, much less a couple of weeks ago. I also wanted to share something else that's important. Any guests that I bring on, there is an agreement before I hit record that they stand for medical freedom or they're not invited. So while those conversations may not specifically and poignantly talk about it, it's inherent inside the connection. Okay. So there's that. I also just wanted to come back to you guys because again, we're waking up so fast. My experience is anyway, it's super abrupt, super quick. And I feel like it was, I've I've always heard things. It's always been in the peripheral. I've had people trying to wake me up for decades, people in even my own immediate family, but I was unwilling to listen. I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know if you guys were like that or if you're even still like that, but I was like that. Yeah. You know, and it was big. Yeah, it's probably true, but I'm not going to take the time. You know, like literally have those thoughts. Yeah, it's probably true. Or uh, I don't know. It's probably not true. And I would just put it all into a category of, I'm not going to even look at it. And of course, y'all know that last year in May, I watched Plandemic. I actually misspoke. I thought only a couple of million people watched that. Oh, I was so wrong. As Mickey Willis, who is the creator, the producer, the director, and documentarian behind the Plandemic series, is now speaking about because his book just came out, which I ordered and I loved. And now he's got Plandemic 3 coming out. So Plandemic 1 with Judy Mikovic, Michael Vitz, excuse me, who worked with Fauci in the NIH decades and decades ago when the AIDS pandemic was going on. She came out and did that with him. And it was about a 20, 25 minute original number that that had over a billion views around the world. Plandemic two, which was indoctrination. That was over 200 million views. So it was 100% censored. And at this point, 0% debunked. So plandemicseries.com, if you still haven't seen that, by all means, it's really good. And then Plandemic 3 is supposedly coming out maybe by the end of December, and I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, the point is, is that I woke up a little bit more then, but I really woke up in March and April of 2021. That was the steep, steep, steep waking up, but that was just in that, oh my God, this is actually happening. This is really true. Oh my gosh, look at these lockdowns. Look at these mandates. Look at what's happening in Australia and Canada and Italy and France and the UK. Oh my gosh, this is actually really happening, right? So then it felt futile. It felt hopeless. I didn't know then what I now know to be true for myself today, which is that the grand awakening is a 100% inside job. And there are still people out there, even in my own immediate circle, that somehow have a belief that there is going to be something outside of our own 
light, our own divine guidance, our own inner knowing sovereignty that could come and save us, whether that be a president, a governor, some sort of elected official, some source of love and light from the skies or heavens. Guys, I don't know, but I actually don't believe that. I believe after everything that I've gone through in the past many, many weeks that I'm going to share in vivid detail, it's going to be like hearing about my journeys on the plant medicine ayahuasca a couple years ago. That's how intense this was. But to be here now, it was all worth it. It was actually even worth it in the moment because I knew what it was all doing. It was catalyst to have me see where the polarity and contrast were inside my own thoughts. And what was I refusing to feel? So I'm going to get there in a moment. But anyway, so I think as we come back to sovereignty versus slavery, right? Not being a part of the Great, great Reset. And by the way, that's all true. Have you gone to the World Economic Forum's website? It's weforum.org. Have you looked up the Great Reset? Have you searched it on there? We are well underway for that happening. Well underway. Chairman and founder Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, he has stated in multiple podcasts on multiple stages, including television appearances around the world in just the past couple of months, that by 2026, every human on the planet will be chipped and tracked. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Do you want that? Because that's what the inoculation is designed to be the gateway for. So sovereignty versus slavery. And what is the grand awakening, at least for me? So I'm going to reverse engineer and quickly just take you back several weeks. So as I moved everything into storage and I came out, you know, with hands shaking and palms sweating with this podcast and, you know, doing my little bits and pieces of, you know, standing for the truth that I serve on social, which was very benign, by the way, but felt like it was monumental and that I was putting myself in, in firing range. Turns out that didn't happen. And I look at all the people out there who are oh so brave and oh so strong. And I look at all the people fighting for us. And then I look at the people on maybe the other side of the narrative, which by the way, there's no real, there's only one side, which is the circle of life. But let's just say they don't know they've been hypnotized, right? And manipulated and lied to. And they don't know that the very people that they are calling such horrific names, stupid, ignorance, right? Um, conspiracy theorists, all the most hurtful slurs. And yet those of us on the other side of it are just doing everything we can to save them. So a few weeks back, multiple weeks back, this is probably like five weeks, four weeks back. I told y'all I was working with my pineal gland. Like that was just the place that I wanted to start because I remember when I was doing plant medicine journeys and then the flower medicine journey back in early August, which by the way, hi, almost 13 weeks. Well, by the time you guys get this, I'll be over 13 weeks of zero alcohol, dropped 19 pounds, uh, got a Peloton bike, exercising five, six days a week, going on epic heights, spending way more time in nature, right? Like connecting to nature's epic light show on the daily. Okay. It's been incredible. But I remember in my, in my plant medicine journeys and in my flower medicine journeys, the first place that an image would begin to appear was through my third eye, which is the direct channel from the way that I understand it to God consciousness. It's also called intuition, also called sovereignty, in my opinion. 
Okay. So I knew that I needed to start there. So I started working with it and especially right around when the time when my dear friend Frank Clark passed. Um, and, uh, and uh, I was seeing orange everywhere and Frank was coming to visit me and it was just this incredible experience. I closed my eyes with the sun on the third eye. Marcy Shimoff talked about that multiple episodes back. Like you can heal your body and you can, in, you can actually embody more joy and happiness by allowing yourself to bathe in the glow of the light that comes through the pineal gland when you're allowing the sun to penetrate that space between your eyes and then imagining this beautiful golden light cascading like a slow waterfall all over your body and your organs and ah oh, your nervous system and and so that you feel you know you just feel renewed and connected and alive anyway so um i've been working with that well guys Right about the time that I started doing that, I knew that I was in the midst of what I could, what I used to call a brutal awakening. Now I just look at it as like a very abrupt, very quick awakening. So I started seeing things um, when I was practicing working with my third eye as I was going to sleep. So I had moved off of the sun because that seemed easy. It seemed like low hanging fruit, right? Like if, if sun is going to hit the third eye, of course, there's going to be an explosion of colors. And I could start to request like, ooh, I'd love to see magenta. Ooh, I'd love to see like a very vibrant yellow or red. Ooh, ooh, can I see pink? Can I see fuchsia? Right, turn that pink on. And I was getting to see that. And it was really, really incredible. But then I thought, well, of course, because the sun is shining right on me. And so that would make sense. So then I was like, okay, I've got my, my silk eye mask on. I'm going to sleep, but I'm not asleep. And I'm completely stone cold sober, right? But my body's going into a relaxed state. And so I started just focusing on the third eye and asking, what do I need to see tonight? What I saw for a good five or six nights straight was just straight up scary as fuck. I saw like demonic type entities and energies. I could feel it and, or even like nondescriptive faces is the best way I can say it. Even one came in with like a he was cloaked and I couldn't see anything but like some deep red eyes. Again, all of this could just be some projecting because we've all seen like these really scary movies, which I try not to ever see because of this very reason. But I was getting a grand sense that this is not because you saw a movie. This is for you to face this fear so that it no longer has any power over you. But I couldn't do it. I was too fucking scared. And so... I would open my eyes and it reminded me of when I was in Costa Rica at Rhythmia doing plant ceremonies. Just when I was going into, you know, a journey into the deepening part of it, I would close my eyes and just like a movie, I would be like a little girl walking down like a creaky hardwood hallway. And it just felt like those, you know, scary thrillers that like the hallway gets longer and longer. And there's like an echoing of from a room and a sound that you can hear behind a door that you don't want to open. And then I'd open my eyes and be like, Okay, I'm I'm in the room. I'm in Costa Rica. There's my mom over there. There's my there's my friends over there. Okay, there's the shamans. Okay. All right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But because you're under the plant medicine, you can't keep your eyes open for that long. So then before you know it, the eyes start to droop and you try to fight it because you don't want to see what's down the hallway and behind the closed door. I'm just getting even a metaphor right now. That wasn't one of my journeys, but take whatever it is, right? I had, I had slithering snakes the size of like a block come toward me. I had a tarantula the size of my torso come lay on 
my body, right? So these were all things that I could see in my journey. And I'd open my eyes. Okay, I'm good. I'm in the room. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. But then I wouldn't be able to keep my eyes open. Okay. So then I'd have to go into it. And of course, the whole point of the plant medicine is to face the fear. And then when you do, and you guys probably heard those stories of the tarantula and the snake, both grew long lashes, right? right? Once I was able to be sovereign and solid and clear and grounded, I could look those things and the eyes that just represent fear. And then they would dissolve into the nothingness from which they came. And then in this case, both those uh, creatures, the snake and the tarantula, grew lashes. I think that was Mama Ayahuasca's way of letting me know she gets me because I used to love lashes. I haven't worn them in a couple of months now. I don't know if I'll go back, but I just just keep getting to the more and more and more and more and more and more and more authentic me. No judgment on lashes. Again, I may do it again, but right now I just really want to be fucking me the me that I'm meeting today that's different than I was yesterday. So going back to doing my third eye work sober and seeing these things, these demonic forces, I could just open my eyes and then keep my eyes open, right? And then what I would do was I'd turn on the light because that was just so scary. I'd turn on the light and I would read a book. I didn't watch anything, oh, not like on the internet or telegram or anything like that because I didn't want anything coming through energetically, because I'm, I'm actually fully aware that that could happen, right? We have to protect our energy at all times. Not that we are inherently unsafe, just being smart on every energetic nuance. And so I would read a book that made me feel really good, right? Or I listened to some music that just tapped me back into love energy, and that's the power. And then before I know it, I had a pattern interrupt on my own energy And then I'm like, okay, I'm tired. I can go to sleep. And I go to sleep. Well, after about five or six nights of that, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Then I was like, I think I'm supposed to face something here. So anyway, that very same day as I had that insight of like, well, maybe I'm supposed to face something. I was outside. The sun was not on me. It was a really, really cloudy day here in Los Angeles. And I closed my eyes and I was wearing sunglasses. And the sunglasses actually even covered up the third eye area. But I was relaxing outside and listening to the chimes and the rustle of the leaves and the trees, which, by the way, is where I'm spending most of my time, as I mentioned. And so I closed my eyes and I saw an image through my third eye. And it was like a first it was kind of like a a yellow and then it turned into like a cloudy, milky, you know, like milk when when milk hits water, it's really cloudy. It felt like that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's like the sky right now. But then I was like, no, that's not what this is because something's trying to come through. And it was like on the outer, outer edges of the image that I was being shown, kind of like a kaleidoscope image. And all of a sudden these like creepy, almost skinny, tarantula-like legs started to come into frame. And it was like spider veins or spider legs. And all I knew is that I interpreted that as... There is a message here for you to get really clear on what you are putting in your body. And that's all I can tell you. And so I had heard about graphene oxide. I had heard that obviously it's in inoculation. What happens when 5G activates that, which is a whole other thing. I'm not going to go into that here. If you know, you know, and if you don't know and you're curious, just look it up. Obviously not with a Google search, but you can find a lot of this stuff on Telegram, Rumble, BitChute, 
and so on and so forth for some of the top scientists and researchers on the planet. Okay, this is real. But graphene oxide has also been known to be put in food and makeup and toiletries and topicals and all kinds of things. Okay, so when I had that experience, I was like, whoa, okay. So I got a bunch of magnets, like the size of like a dime and a nickel and a quarter. And because I was following the guidance of what I experienced with that third day experience, I pulled out all of my makeup and some of it was new by the way, and like really expensive. I'm not going to say brand names because I don't need anyone coming after me, but let's just say the top of the line cosmetics, couture cosmetics. Okay. And there were uh, three different pieces of my cosmetics that when I put a magnet, even three, four inches above it, <laughs> scoop right up an eyeliner, a bronzer, a face powder, it was those three things. It was those three things. Anyway, so, and that was the creepiest thing in the world. And I was like, I don't care that it's brand new. I don't care that it cost me a lot of money. It went right to the trash. Okay. So again, that was my first step of taking action, being shown something through the pineal gland and taking action about it, knowing that I'm being communicated with here. And ultimately what I think the communication is, it's like wisdom, right? And awareness, but also showing me what to not be afraid of, to no longer be afraid of the things that I have been so afraid of my entire life. So then that very night I go to sleep and again, I don't, and by this point, I don't want to work with my third eye. I'm like, oh hell no, I am not interested in seeing any more of these forces. Oh wait, I got to backtrack a little bit. Okay. A friend of mine sent me two videos that day. It was a Sunday. I'll never forget it. I was having brunch with a girlfriend as well at her new house that she just purchased. And I was coming back and I love this person who sent me these videos and I just played them in my car, right? Like both of them were about an hour long. So I got, it took me about an hour to drive home, uh, from this brunch that my friend did for me, which was really sweet and generous. And I listened to the whole video and I just felt off. I was like, something is going on here. And it was all around a recent boxing match. And I can't remember the names for the life of me. I think they were middleweights, but one was like representing uh, Satan and demonic energy. And one represented love, light and God energy. And it was like this really interesting synopsis of good versus evil, light and love versus dark, right? And so the good guy wins. But to watch that all from the perspective of the documentarian, it was harrowing for me. My nervous system didn't feel capable of handling that. And that's a really important piece from what I'm going to share in a moment. Because sometimes we're just like, I don't want to see it. That was me my entire life. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't really want to know about it. Even though a part of me thought maybe that could be true. Okay. So then I watched the second one that she sent and it was all around two people having a discussion about what's going to happen in the beginning of the new year around the mandates and the camps in Australia and in Canada, which that's exactly what they are, y'all. And so I was like, oh my God, all of this was too much for my nervous system. And I started spiraling out into a really dark place and I actually began to feel possessed. And I don't know if you guys remember when I shared my stories of going to Rhythmia and sipping plant medicine for four nights, but I got possessed on the divine feminine night. My energy was open. I did not know how to protect it. I did not know how to seal it off, still stay open and living in love, but protecting myself against all the demonic entities that are out there. I now know that, right? We can transmute it and we can rise above it and we can pierce that immediate energetic veil that may be around us, by the way, 
that we could still be swimming in that's connected to our trauma that we don't want to really look at, which is why we anesthetize and numb and do all these things, right? We don't want to feel, right? So it's still there, but it's like learning how to expand beyond it in a field of love and light, but knowing completely that you're also cut off and unavailable for any dark forces or negative entities that do not serve you. Okay. So that's the distinction there. So when I got possessed in Rhythmia, I had to have uh, four different exorcisms from four different shamans. That's just a fact. Turns out it's not uncommon to happen at Rhythmia. Of course, they're not going to talk about that stuff as they're promoting their journeys. And I'd still go back to Rhythmia. I, I still would go back all day long. That was a necessary part of my journeys and of my transformation at that time. I didn't fully see it until recently what that meant, but it was a gift. Okay. So when I experienced that same sense of I'm not present in my body, I feel like there's something going on in my body that felt like it was turning light switches on and off really quickly. It was wreaking havoc on my nervous system. My skin turned bright red and fairly, um, my mom looked at my eyes and she was like, whoa, are you okay? And I looked at her and I said, I don't know. I don't know. I said, but I think that we need to do like a sage burning in this room. We need to open up the windows. We need to turn on the fan. We need to play music. We need to chant because something is going on. And it was very evident to her and to me. I looked myself in the eyes in the mirror and I saw it. I saw it. My mom went and grabbed her St. Christopher cross. We went and grabbed Palo Santo. I mean, it was intense, you guys. And what happened for me, just so you know, is that I was taking on the energy from those videos because I did not know how to protect myself. I did not know how to be with the darkest of the dark without taking it on myself. Does that make sense? So then she also, my mom hands me um, an obsidian stone in the form of like a, a, a jagged rock. And I held the rock in my hand and she said, do you want to sleep in my bed? I haven't slept with my mom. I mean, like since I was a child. Right. And I said, no, I need to stay in this room and I need to face whatever is trying to come through to show me how strong I am. So I held the rock in my hand. I closed my eyes and I said, tonight I am unafraid to see whatever I need to see. I did not open my eyes when it got scary and when it got hard. And when I saw some of those images, even from the video, show up right there with the most harrowing energy I've ever experienced. Present with an awareness as if it was right there, not standing in front of me, but in me. And all I had to do was look at it and say, not tonight, not in my body, not now, not ever. I am unavailable for anything other than God's love and God's light be gone. All I can tell you is that the energy and the entity and the force, whatever it was, dissolved, dissipated. I took a breath. I relaxed for the first time, like really relaxed. Went to sleep with that rock. Oh, before I went to sleep, I actually looked at the rock and the moon was coming through the blind so I could see the shape of the rock. I looked at, I, I didn't own that rock. It wasn't my rock. It was my mom's rock. I looked at that rock and I saw an image on that rock that was an image of a 
female figure that was wearing a dress. That's the only reason I can think maybe it was female, but you never know because like Jesus wore a dress, right? But it looked like a, a woman. And one hand was up toward, like ascending toward the heavens. And the other hand was like free. Like she was almost floating, kind of like a Mary Poppins image, right? Where she's got the umbrella and she's floating through the sky. And all I knew is that I was connected to God's love and light. And then the very next image that came into my mind as I closed my eyes and I was holding onto this rock, not for dear life, but as a thank you, as a gratitude for an anchor of truth. Then I saw, yep, Frank Clark, Mr. Orange himself. And I saw both my grandmothers and my grandpa Darcy, who've long since passed, letting me know they are there for me. We've got you. We've got you. We've got you. Be free. And I slept like a baby. So that was the beginning of the next phase of my waking up. What I'm beginning to see as people are sharing more people that I really care about, my soul tribe, dear friends that are like maybe living in Sydney right now or living in Canada right now, and they're going through some really, really tough times, but they are just doing the deep, beautiful inner work to see what is this really showing them. So people have been sharing like Kyle Cease videos with me, Michael Sandler's Inspired Nation videos with me, uh, the Awakened Entrepreneur videos with me. Oh my gosh, Max Egan, Bruce Lipton. And all of that has been showing me that first of all, my angels are communicating with me. My guides are guiding me. And by the way, I'm going to share a video with you. It's about an hour long and it's by Michael Sandler of Inspired Nation. And it's the top, the title is, if I recall correctly, 20 ways to know how your angels and guides are communicating with you right now. And it's so powerful and empowering when you can see that, right? But so, so that's been beautiful. And like every morning when I wake up, I'm like, ah, good morning, angels. Good morning, guides. Or when I get a hit of intuition or when I say something really kind to myself or really loving to myself, I can say, oh, thank you, angels. Thank you, guides because I am being so divinely guided right now. Sovereignty versus slavery, right? The slavery, my friends, is being unafraid to feel. Because if we feel and we're not fully anesthetized, anesthetized being the drinking, you know, the drugging, the working, the busyness, the posting on social, all those things that keep us so distracted from feeling, from being, then we'd have to actually tap into the place that needs to be loved the most, which is a question that Kyle Cease posed in a recent video saying, what if you allowed yourself to have the thought of, I don't know if I can do this. And I don't know if I can do this. This is really fucking scary. See, when we can feel that fear, then we can begin to open that up and see that that fear is keeping us stuck. We're not awake. It's keeping us stuck inside a matrix that's our own. The matrix is protecting us against the fear and the pain of the trauma that has not been transmuted from when we were probably four and five years old. That as you look back now on a conscious, wise, awakened soul, looks benign. It was all there to grow you. It was a catalyst. It was a gift, right? But when you're four and five years old, it feels fucking dramatic. And that becomes your story and your identity and your matrix. 
So imagine there is a field of awareness that's the matrix that's keeping you safe so that you don't feel that. But if you can allow yourself to feel the fear and to look let's just say the biggest fucking fear, the demons in the eyes, and you watch it dissipate. That's how you expand out beyond that matrix. And then like, oh my God, there's an entirely different field of energy. That's love and light and harmony and peace and abundance. And I'm one with that. And I'm one with the tree. And I'm I'm one with the person who says I'm an anti-vaxxer. Oh my gosh. We're all one. So what Kyle Cease talks about, I believe, or it might have been the gene keys. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to share both those with you. I'm going to write that down right now so I don't forget. Gene keys and Michael Sandler's video. Oh hell, I'll just, I'll share Kyle Cease too because you might, you might like it. Uh, Well, no, you will love it. If you watch it, it's about 14 minutes of brilliance. So the Gene Keys is shared by my friend Gary Ying, who runs the Awakening Entrepreneur podcast, and that's so good. Suggest that fear is safe. Fear is safe. See, if we can't feel the fear and face the fear, the deepest fear, the deepest parts about ourselves, what's really running us? What's our emotional home? So the more that I've been doing this work, oh my gosh, a lot of real deep mirror work. And I'm going to share a podcast next week with my friend, uh, Rajana, who uh, I, I share a little bit about that experience. So I'll let you guys hear it then. But deep inner work where I'm looking myself in the eyes and I'm not seeing my body. I'm not seeing my, you know, personality. I'm not seeing Michelle. I'm seeing my soul. And I've wept, right? Because of all that this has caused me to surrender to all of the pain and the suffering and the sadness and the rage and all of it and all of the strength that I'm cultivating every time I face one of my deepest fears, including all the gnarly stuff I just told you guys about. <laughs> gnarly. That just brought me back to being raised in a in a surfer beach town. Oh my gosh, I haven't used that word in decades. Um, but that is the best way for me to describe it, right? It was so intense what I was seeing for many, many nights in a row, didn't want to see what opened my eyes, could open my eyes because I was sober, right? Clear-minded. But then when I was like, okay, I got the message, I have got to face this. And then it came into my body and said, yes, you do. You want to get this out? Face it fully. (laughs) Whoa, so cool. Makes me want to cry because that's available to each and every one of us. Sovereignty versus slavery. So are we willing to look at our fear? Are you willing to go without the numbing mechanisms, whatever that might be for you? Because when you do, there is freedom on the other side of it. And that is the true breaking free from the matrix. So I had someone in my life that I'm really, really, really close with recently say to me, I can't wait until whatever's going to happen shifts and we really do go into the grand ascension. And I said, Huh, interesting. Tell me more about your thoughts about that. And so then she was sharing and she really thought it was someone outside or something or some energy outside of herself. And I said, you know what I think, not to say that that's not possible, but I think that we actually get to experience the grand ascension only to the degree that we are fully awake internally, fully awake on the inside looking at everything, not judging anything, 
right? Bowing down in gratitude for all that we do have, being grateful for being divinely guided and led by our angels and guides all the time, looking at the quantum field of love, noticing where's anxiety running me, fear running me, a panic running me, compliance running me, people pleasing me, any patterns and paradigms that no longer serve you. The grand awakening is asking us to expand beyond that. That's the true narrative. So the people that are following, for example, the mainstream media, it's because it aligns with what's really going on within them. They don't trust themselves at all. So they look to an outside external resource to be their answer. I'll just do that because that'll make me say the great reset on the World Economic Forum's website right now. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Yes, that would align with someone who's afraid and doesn't have self-trust, doesn't know sovereignty. So if there's anything that I've learned over these past couple of months is I have been waking up at a deeply rapid rate, which I'm so grateful for, but I'm getting it however I'm supposed to get it, right? Some of you have been here for decades. Some of you have been here for years. I'm getting it all in a few months. And there's so much more to come, lifetime to go. And I'm here for all of it, by the way, no matter what, right? And so the grand awakening for me is, can I trust what I feel? Can I trust that I don't have to get back to that person the second that they reach out or tag me on a post because I'm enough and I'm worthy and I matter without anyone else's approval or validation? Am I willing to let go of an entire circle of what I thought were my friends because it turns out the light is being shown on core values and morals? and fear. It's my personal belief that we can actually coexist. That united polarity that I know that um, Aubrey Marcus has a slightly different spin on what that means, but I have so many people that I care about and love with all my heart that I've gotten inoculate despite so many conversations, so many people trying to warn them, trying to save them. But I have to know that it's everybody's path to walk for themselves. So the grand awakening is happening. I know it's happening because it's happening for me. That's the only way you can know it's happening. If it's happening for you, my friends, you don't have to go out on the social media mountaintop and try to save the world in a public way. Every private discussion, every time you share something that's not a meme or making fun of what's going on, but something sincerely. Wow, look at what's happening with the rising up in Australia or Canada or New York. There were a hundred thousand people marching. Last weekend in New York, 100,000 people marching across the Brooklyn Bridge. Wow. Did it see any airtime in mainstream media? Of course not. Will we have a lot of smoke and mirrors for the next, you know, couple of years? Of course, right? If when it looks like there's governors that are like really shining brightly and look to be the heroes, can we fully trust anything yet? No. All you can do is trust yourself. You don't make a move until you feel divinely called and led. And if there's any hesitancy, any ounce of anxiety around it, anything that isn't a full fuck yes, you stop, you pause, and you get quiet and listen until you know with absolute sovereignty when it's time to make a move. At least that's what I hope for you. I think that's about it for today. 
I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.